Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Birmingham, Alabama, it's time for Birmingham Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hello and welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Birmingham Business Radio. Today is October 29th, 2015, and we are broadcasting live from the beautiful Warren Averett offices here in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm your host today, Ryan Redhawk McPherson, and I'm joined in the studio with three fabulous guests who are going to be sharing their story, how they're changing the world here in Birmingham. So let's talk to our leadoff interview here today. Her name is Dottie King, and she's owner of the King Consulting Group and president of Alabama Women in Business. How are you doing, Dottie? I'm well, thank you. All right, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Can you please tell us a little bit about Alabama Women in Business? Alabama Women in Business is an organization of women entrepreneurs and business owners, as well as women in leadership positions from the greater Birmingham corporate uh, uh, community. Uh, we come together to celebrate being with w- women business owners and to support and encourage one another. And that can be any business of any industry, whether it's a one-woman show or a network of women working together? Absolutely. Is there any particular industry that you uh, see happening a lot here as women business owners? Well, we have actually an enormous diversity of, of membership. Uh, of members. We have financial planners. We have a woman who owns a forklift company. Mm. Uh, we have insurance brokers. We have a psychologist. We have a massage therapist, a personal trainer. I'm a mathematician. So it really just it runs the gamut. Right. And uh, from your perspective of helping these women entrepreneurs, what is it particularly about women when they get into the entrepreneurial uh, mindset that it, it makes them successful or different from men entrepreneurs? Um, I don't know that we are so much different as it is that we face different kinds of challenges. Uh, one of our recent meetings was with Sister Golf, and she taught us literally how to play with the boys. Okay. How to use golf and golfing events to market our business, to form strategic alliances, and and to grow. Mm-hmm. And we've interviewed quite a few uh, women entrepreneurs, both in our Atlanta studio and our other network studios. And the, in my opinion, what I see is that men think with their head and women think with their heart and soul. And sometimes when you think with your heart and soul, it makes life better. And so women do bring, in my opinion, so different unique qualities and skill sets to uh, to entrepreneurship. So um, and some of the events that Alabama Women in Business host or put on. Can you tell us about those, please? Yes. Well, we have the proverbial monthly meetings where we host a speaker that comes to talk about some specific area of expertise that they have. But it's it's not just a, an informational kind of, of meeting. We want our members to take something back to the office with them so that they, they can utilize it in their business life or in their personal life. Um, we have a, a, a different kind of format uh, and uh, different events that also go on during the year. Every quarter we have a Let's Get Connected event, which is devoted specifically to networking. Sometimes it's a simple wine and hors d'oeuvres and maybe a game or two to learn more about one another and one another's businesses. It might be a trip to the region's field to watch a Barons game. It might be a half-day uh, self-defense program uh, so that we learn how to how to protect ourselves, whether we're walking downtown at night or entering a hotel. 
Sounds like you're very creative with some of these events that you're you're doing. That's great. We we try to be, yes. It is all about being interesting to our members, um, but also meaningful. And let's talk about membership for a moment. Uh, how does one become a member? Well, you have to meet certain criteria. You have to either be a majority owner or you have to be affiliated with a company or a corporation where you are in a leadership position. Uh, we also have corporate sponsors who are not actually members, but they often send a representative from their company mm-hmm. to our events. Okay. And so you're actively looking for more members? We are indeed, and, always. Yeah. And so how do you get the word out to some of these women business owners or uh, majority owner in the business that uh, you're there? Or how do they not know about you already? Well, some of them do and some of them don't. We strategically uh, seek to recruit women in certain industries and sometimes a particular woman in a leadership position within the Birmingham community. We also have a wonderful website, so when people Google women business owners or women's organizations, professional organizations, our name pops up. And we're speaking with Dottie King. She is president of the Alabama Women in Business. Uh, how long have you been in that role as president? Uh, this is this is the year that I am president. Okay, so you, you serve as one year president. Yes. Uh, are we, I'm sure you were affiliated with the organization prior to the presidency. Yes, I was. Actually, this is my third round being president okay. of this organization. Uh, it has morphed from uh, the Women's Business Ownership Council to the Birmingham chapter of the National Association of Women Business Owners. And then in 2012, we reorganized as Alabama Women in Business. So you don't just cover Birmingham, then. I imagine you do the whole state. Uh, not the whole state, but certainly all of northern Alabama. All of northern Alabama, but really branding yourself as the place for women in business in the state of Alabama, um, I'm sure you would take a phone call from somebody in South Alabama if they're interested. Oh, we would, Yeah, yes. right. That's good. And what would be those benefits of being a member? Well, there is the affiliation itself and um, the opportunity to network with other women. We also have instituted peer groups this year. Uh, a peer group is a group of four to eight women who meet monthly and they act as an informal board of directors for one another. So they encourage one another, they share resources, they share ideas, and perhaps most of all, they hold one another accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the peer group that I'm a part of, one of our members needed a patent attorney. And so one of, our, one of the members was able to give her some very specific names and um, she was able to make contact with someone and successfully launch a, a patent application. And knowing that that referral came within her membership community, she probably felt very strongly about calling upon that patent attorney. And it wasn't just referred by the milkman. Right. Yeah. And, and she was certain that she would get the help that she needed. And the member who made the referral actually contacted the patent attorney on her behalf to say, expect a call from this person. That's a good story there. And what does Alabama uh, Women in Business do to contribute back to the community? How do you give back to those who give you so much? We are very committed to the Birmingham community, and we have two efforts each year that allow us to, to make those kinds of contributions as a group. Of course, we also make contributions individually. Many of us serve on nonprofit boards, uh, serve the PTA, serve our churches and synagogues. But we have an annual Halloween party at which we 
collect clothing for Pathways, a local uh, nonprofit that serves women, helps them train uh, for jobs, helps them understand how to conduct themselves in an interview, and then we provide the clothing. Oh, there must be uh, some fancy clothing that they, they have to wear to go to their interviews. Well, we all have too much in our closets, so <laughs> it's true. a great excuse to help others. I, I agree. And uh, and so from your perspective and in your opinion, what have you seen here, particularly in Birmingham, uh, with the business community and culture? To, to It almost seems like there's a renaissance going on here. And, and what is it about this community that's that's making it take that leap in and, uh, you know, kind of putting itself on the map? Well, this is a process that actually began a long time ago, and it, I, I think renaissance is the perfect word. Uh, Birmingham has become interested in cultivating a diverse variety of businesses. Um, the Innovation Depot is a perfect example where we are, are looking to bring people in from all over Alabama, entrepreneurs who have wonderful ideas and need a place to be nurtured so that they can grow their business, uh, develop it, have access to the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we see that time and time again here on Birmingham Business Radio, and we're big champions of the of the business community and love just help getting the word out about those new businesses or those uh, existing businesses who are out there actively engaging and, and changing the world. So, um, so Dottie King with Alabama Women in Business, uh, they provide entrepreneurs with opportunities to interact and to develop strategic alliances. And so it sounds like you're doing good work over there, really helping not only the business community, but the community of women here in Birmingham. That is certainly our goal. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We wish you much success um, in your women in business there here in Alabama. Please tell our listeners how they can find out more information about your organization. Uh, The best place to find information about Alabama women in business is on our website. Uh, the, uh, the link is www.alwib.org. You'll find criteria for membership. You'll find information about our most recent events and luncheons. You'll find information about upcoming events. You'll find our blog and information there from, uh, individual members. Right. You can stay connected on the calendar of events, like you said, or what other opportunities the organization has to offer. Alabama Women in Business is also on Twitter. You can follow them at twitter.com slash A-L-W-I-B hyphen B-Ham. Also on facebook.com slash Alabama Women in Business so they can connect on the social media platform. So thank you again, Dottie, for joining us. If we can help you here at Business Radio X and Birmingham Business Radio further your mission and cause, please let us know. We'd love to help you in doing so. Thank you. You've already done so. Awesome. Very good. Well, all right. Let's turn our attention to our next guest. Uh, here to my radio left is Melinda Sellers. How are you doing, Melinda? Great. Thanks. All right. And you are with Burr Informant LLP, a law firm. Is that correct? Correct. And what type of attorney are you? Um, I am, well, 50% of my practice. I'm mainly a real estate attorney okay. with a specialty in condominium law. I see you looking at your sheet going, <laughs> I didn't know this is where this was going. It's okay. The other 50% of my practice is alcohol regulatory. So I help um, uh, breweries, manufacturers, distributors of alcohol. Um, with the other 50 and, and I guess there's a lot of red tape with that that you need to walk them through right yes and, a lot and so does that make you an expert in alcohol or how do you know so much about that particular niche I'm not sure I would call myself an expert but I probably know um, a, a good deal more than than the average uh, person 
um, only because I've had to assist um, my husband for the last 10 years as he started the oldest and largest craft brewery in our state. Right when I got out of law school in 2005, he and his buddy were home brewing. Um, he was just my boyfriend then, and I was a, a young lawyer. And we really um, did not have a large booming craft beer or any beer scene in our state. And so it was very difficult for him to find any legal representation. So beginning in 2005, I just had to start learning the law to answer their questions. And there really has been an explosion of craft breweries over the last few years, uh, I guess, here in Alabama and elsewhere. And so uh, you can't just go from homebrew to, uh, you know, a, a mass consumer or a producer of beer um, unless you know to do it the right way. So uh, absolutely. So where do you go to stay up to date on the laws or uh, the regulatory, um, you know, compliances that they have to adhere to sure so there's um several different different places you can go to learn and keep up to date um we have offices in five states in the southeast so i've got several partners that specialize in different areas of this um booming business uh, mergers and acquisitions and franchise law and trademark law so we have we have lots of expertise but i kind of keep the general um knowledge of alcohol regulatory law on the county, city, state, and federal level, and then it helped kind of support their practices. And I go to the Craft Brewers Conference every year. It's a national conference, about, I think, 13,000 attendees last year in Portland. And so I'm a speaker at that for the last few years and um, really enjoy networking with other people in that industry, and I learn from them. No, it sounds like you are connected uh, in everything that people need to know to get their brewery started or stay up to date on all their regulations and compliances. And I'm also looking at my sheet here, and I see you are very knowledgeable in a thing called Hops for Honeys. Tell <laughs> yeah. me about that, please. Hops for Honeys is a craft beer education club for women that was founded um, by Carrie Malone and me in 2010. We meet monthly um, to just basically educate women in the craft beer scene in Alabama. Um, we have women that are very knowledgeable. They're home brewers. They're um, extremely well-versed, and they bring a lot to the table. And we have women that don't even care for beer, but they're very interested in a night out with other women. Oh, that sounds like a great time. It's really I good. would love to attend something like that myself. <laughs> You're welcome to. <laughs> Very Please good. And other than the red tape that a lot of these home breweries go through to get established as a, a producer, what are some of the other big challenges that you see them having to overcome as they uh, begin to start their breweries? Sure. So we represent, I, I, of course, enjoy startup breweries. I love helping them. But we also represent really large craft breweries um, from California and other parts of the country. And your question about what is the red tape they go through, it's the same, no matter if you're one of the largest or one of the smallest. And interestingly, sometimes the smaller ones in a state have an easier time of that because they're familiar with Alabama. They know what's going on. So we also help large manufacturers and distributors um, who are coming into our state just navigate the issues of licensing and the issues that um, maybe aren't intuitive. It's uh, the three-tier system in franchise law is very much not an intuitive, common sense type of uh, area of the law. So we love to sit down with people and let them have the benefit of what we've already learned um, over the last 10 years without having to pay someone to catch up to speed on on those issues. Um, we are happy to help at the local level. We have great people in Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. and um, But we're also well-versed in getting you federally licensed and ready to go. And because there's even more regulations at that level as well. There are. Yeah, you, you're licensed at, at at least three different levels when you 
when you're going to manufacture, state, national, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're either a manufacturer, a distributor, or a retailer. And at each level, there's different um, requirements. And so we just like to sit down with people and and help you know navigate that process for them as little or as much help as they need from us. And and I've seen uh, around Atlanta, we've had craft breweries open up where they have a restaurant and a and a dance hall uh, connected. And there's also these places that are the growler places. Is that a little different? And do they have different regulations themselves? Sure. Every and and that's the thing about alcohol is every state is so different. Um, you know. In your state, you may have, you know, one state may have a growler law that allows you to sell growlers. We, you know, some states don't. A lot of times people don't even know because the law may not be clear on the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida has been battling the the growler law for a long time. Uh, I know in Georgia, you mentioned, you know, where mm-hmm. you are. They have been really struggling with um, getting tap rooms up and going so you can actually go to the brewery and pay for and drink a beer. They Y'all just had a, a law get passed in Georgia that was supposed to help that. I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure that it did. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing to navigate in an industry where if you're growing and succeeding, you're crossing state lines. And by crossing state lines, you've opened the door to a whole new um set of regulations and rules and so i really think that burr and foreman being in five southeastern states we really can offer a one-stop shop for when you enter the southeast and wherever you're located that's good to know so um you know people have dreams of taking their homebrew to uh the big market they can uh, lean on your organization to to kind of guide them through that process absolutely and you mentioned also in the beginning that other than helping these craft breweries you practice law in another area can you remind our listeners again what that was sure yeah i mainly help developers of condominium and subdivision projects i love doing that mixed use commercial residential um that's kind of been the bulk of my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have enjoyed growing this alcohol regulatory side as well. Um, we we like uh, helping everyone on that end, but I, I also do real estate work. And that's here in the Birmingham area or all over Alabama? I'm licensed in um, Tennessee, Mississippi, and Alabama. So any of those three states, I would say the bulk of what I do, of course, is in Alabama, but um, I have a lot of good developer clients in Tennessee and really enjoy um, work up there. And I've done a few projects in Mississippi. Mississippi doesn't have quite the condominium mm-hmm. boom going on um, in the last few years, as I've seen in Birmingham and Nashville. Well, what is some of the uh, kind of legal work that you have to do for them? Uh, you know, what are, what are some of those services you offer? So developers that are working on condominium projects have to give some extensive disclosures to potential purchasers that require a pretty significant amount of work up front. They have to disclose a lot of information about their project to a purchaser because it's unlike buying a home or a lot where you can go out and see what you're getting. If you're purchasing a condominium unit five stories up in a building, um, the developer is typically pre-selling that to you. And so there is no way to go out and physically see what you're buying. And so there's laws um, in most states that require really extensive disclosures to the purchaser. They go by different names, prospectus, offering statement, whatever you want to call it. It's just a disclosure packet that gives you the skinny on what the developer is mm-hmm. going to do. So we put that together for developers. Um, and depending on the size of their project, and uh, they may have to register with um, with the interstate land sales full under the interstate land sales full disclosure act, basically a federal registra- registration. So we'll put those packets together when necessary. And we're speaking with Melinda Sellers. She's with Burr and Foreman LLP, a law firm here in Birmingham, as well as in five other southeastern states. You said, was this your dream when you were in law school to kind of combine condominium law and craft beer law? 
or did you just kind of morph into this role? (laughs) Absolutely. I knew this is what I was going to do when I was five years old. That's a great answer (laughs) for sure. And I have to ask you, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this one. What's your favorite craft beer? My favorite craft beer is Good People Brewing Company Coffee Oatmeal Stout. Oh, man, that's not just your average beer for someone out there. And that's brewed here in Birmingham? It is, and it's a top 10 stout in the world rated by Beer Advocate. And is that your husband's brewery? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, we don't blame you for that. And I'm sure it's a delicious beer and, and people love it. I assure you that is not why. No, uh, you're right. You like it for the taste. I really and do. Every good. I really yeah. do. That is so cool, though. But uh, it sounds like you're really connected here in the community. You got your, your thumb on a lot of different industries here in Birmingham. What are your thoughts about the business community and the business culture here as a whole? Oh, I think it's great. I mean, just Gosh, what we've seen in the 10 years that I've been here is just phenomenal. I've obviously starting in two, I've been here 2005 to 2015. So I saw the, the recession and the downturn of that. It is incredible to me how Birmingham has bounced back from that and how it really weathered the storm. Um, we just, I, I guess the city itself was set up to really, um, support its industry and, and it did. The medical community, the healthcare community really kind of didn't take the hit. Like I think yeah. some industries did and in, in some areas. And um, I'm just impressed. I mean, these women sitting in here are doing great mm-hmm. things to make that happen. And you just see it every day. You cannot come to Birmingham and see the downtown revitalization. And the, there's just it's incredible. And, and it only can grow from here. You're, you're on a path upward as a, a business city here. 2016 and beyond should be even better for people here in Birmingham. Absolutely. We're going to become, you know, even more of a destination place. It, it really is. Um, as long as they'll continue to do it in a smart you know, way, mm-hmm. I think we're on the right track. Yeah, and as long as people stay connected and continue to c- talk amongst each other or across industry lines and different associations, we saw that in our previous episode here today, uh, three people from three different industries, but we're all connected through the same business association. So, I mean, that's just great. Absolutely. Very good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. We really enjoyed your content here on Birmingham Business Radio. Please remind our listeners how they can find out more information about you, your organization, or your services. Sure. So the easiest way is on our website, which is just burr.com. B as in boy, U-R-R.com. That's the best way to find us. Okay. Very good. And also, I see on Twitter, at Burr Foreman. I spell B-U-R-R-F-O-R-M-A-N. And you can also connect with Melinda on LinkedIn. You'd be happy to, uh, you know, get you connected there to ask her questions about condominium law or craft beer law or just, you know, where's the next beer festival? I'm sure you would Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Happy uh, to help with that. <laughs> Thanks for what y'all are doing here. Oh, our pleasure. It's so much fun to be here in Birmingham. Now we can turn our attention to our headliner this afternoon. Uh, she's been waiting pac- <laughs> patiently over here, and her name's Brad Kackelhofer, and she is principal with the Modern Brand Company. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing well. Thank you. All right. So tell us about your organization, please. Um, the Modern Brand is um, about, well, we just turned eight years old in the past couple of weeks. Um, we are a branding, marketing, communications company. Um, we help um, specialize in clients who are small businesses and nonprofits, especially. And we are at our eighth anniversary getting into some larger clients, too. So we're having a, a really good Good, good time this year. That sounds great. And so explain to our listeners why branding is so important these days. Well, branding is kind of a buzzword these days of what um, a lot of people would consider, you know, their marketing or their sometimes people can simplify it all the way down to it's the logo or the icon. Mm-hmm. But um, branding is really the full package of what your business is all about. Um, we like to say that it is the personality and the promise and your position for where you are in the marketplace. So if you have your know who you are 
and are authentic to who you are and then deliver on your promises, you are going to be occupying the ideal place in the market. So it's really who you are at a core as a, as a business. Absolutely. And just not just the cool logo or a cool catchphrase, but really how you're serving the community and how you can best translate that to people who want to use your services. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, you're able to come into an organization. They say, I need your help and I need you to start branding and creating more awareness for, for me. Uh, what are some of the things you look at right off the bat to uh, put together a good strategy for them? Well, we really do. I mean, the thing about it is, is that strategy is really the most important part. The The logo is really the one of the last things that you get to, even though that is probably the sexiest part. Yep. Um, I know that um, we really love to ca- talk about the design because that's stuff that everybody can kind of put their hands around. But, um, but the strategy, you really kind of go through and learn from clients all about what their businesses are um, and ask them a lot of tough questions. And we'll, you know, have strategy sessions with um, their major stakeholders, with their employees. And sometimes, you know, we ask, we can ask the hard questions that they haven't really even thought about. A lot of times, especially when you have a, somebody who has been just insulated in their business for a long time um, or getting started, it's really hard to see the forest for the trees. Okay. And so, you know, it's helpful sometimes to come in as as the outsiders and, and ask the tough questions and, and get to make sure that everything is aligned because mm-hmm. sometimes people really do get going on a trajectory that and lose track of where they are. Right. And that's why they need a professional help like yourself. Yes, they do. Um, and whether do you do short term uh, goals for them, long term goals, everywhere in between? All of the above. Yeah. All of the above. We have um, we definitely have some clients who we have worked with who really do come and they have their um you know, a focus on we need something, you know, we need business cards tomorrow. And so we work with those folks. We really prefer, of course, to work with the folks who are really thinking about long-term strategy and short-term strategy. We typically kind of work with our clients on a three-month, six-month, 12-month plan to figure out exactly how they should be communicating because that's the biggest part of the changing marketplace today is that every communication is so important from the smallest, shortest tweet to right. your annual report. You really have to have it all aligned and, and, and well done. Right. Or being a guest on Birmingham Business Radio. Absolutely. Great, great way to get the word out. Yeah. Um, but I've often heard from some marketing people I've met that you put together a 12-month plan for them to execute, and they're four months into it, and they're not really working, and and they don't know what to do, and they're thinking about breaking away from the plan, but uh, it's best to just stick to the plan and see it through to the end. Would you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, every every plan will always have, you know, benchmarks and milestones that you should always be aware of, and that's one of the really great things with the burgeoning uh, digital market is that you can really watch things as, you know, almost in real time or actually in real time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we would never encourage somebody to just abandon something within four months. But, you know, there's always um, a chance to to revise. And, and that's one of the things why we like working with clients from the beginning all the way through the execution of a project um, to really make sure that everything is going as they planned and have some contingencies if needed. Mm-hmm. We are speaking with Brad Kackelhofer. She is principal with Modern Brand Company here in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, who are some of these clients you have worked with recently? Um, some of our recent clients, well, we've had some um, really great uh, nonprofit clients um, in the past year that I'm really proud to say um, what we kind of call working upstream on a lot of the interconnectedness and networking in Birmingham. Um, 
we've worked with um, the uh, uh, Bold Goals Association Coalition that is with United Way, um, Central Alabama, who are really working on education reform and um, some a lot of healthcare initiatives. Um, we work with the Community Food Bank of Central Alabama, who works with um, more than 200 agencies to distribute food to um, people who are in need. And um, and one of our most fun clients that we really enjoy that we've had worked with a lot is Create Birmingham, who is um, working to uh, connect the creative industries in the city, um, which is, you know, everyone from your craft brewers um, to your architects who work on the <laughs> the new breweries and um and revitalize those oh and i can confirm that the coffee oatmeal stout is uh, okay. really one of the <laughs> finest um but all the all those folks from from our burgeoning um wonderful community of restaurants and craft brewers um all the way through the creative um industries through our media professionals like business radio mm-hmm. and um and the uh and to artists who are doing their individual artwork and performers. Um, we really have an amazing creative um, initiatives going on in the city right now, and it's a lot of what is um, fueling the the, um, the real excitement about Birmingham and really attracting a lot of new people and new businesses. And can you point to one of your past clients, like you mentioned a few there, some of the nonprofits, and really working with Creative Birmingham? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to be exciting. But uh, when you have that aha moment where you come in, you put a plan in place, they execute the plan, you, and they stick to it, and then you sit back and you go, you know, this really worked. All right. Uh, mm. is, is there ever like a light bulb that You're goes off for you? Stop me on that. <laughs> yeah, of course there is. For each um, client, I imagine yeah. it happens at some point, whether it's a week into the plan or a year into the plan. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we've had some, you know, some of our, our most fun case studies, you know, one of the, I mean, I'm my, my business partner, you, you kind of said it earlier and I, I hate, I hate to agree with such a comment that women are all about the heart and, and soul and the, and the men are all about the head mm-hmm. because there are plenty of women who think with their heads. Okay. Um, but I do think that, um, that we, you know, I happen to be the one in my, in, between my business partner and, and myself who does a lot of the nonprofits. And, um, we worked on the, uh, smoke free Alabama campaign, um, a few years ago. And, you know, one of our big aha moments is the really, um, comprehensive smoke fair, smoke free policy that the city of Birmingham passed. And so that was a moment where it was just like, all right, all of the effort yep. and all of the things aligned and everyone, you know, did their part and, and we achieved something that was really, um, really fantastic. So that makes for a good client. That makes for a good client. Yes. And that was all had a lot to do with the, um, with the momentum that the client really had for, for wanting the, um, policies to pass. Well, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing the inside information there. Um, and, and Birmingham has a great entrepreneurial community, a great startup community. Any advice you would give the young entrepreneur or the seasoned entrepreneur out mm-hmm. there uh, to getting their brand and launching uh, their to getting their organization to market? Well, I, I think that one thing that most entrepreneurs um, will take for granted that they should probably be more open to is is getting those outside opinions and figuring out who their audiences are. Um, it's real easy, especially when it's your business and your baby, to feel like, oh, I'm the audience and I know what's best for my business. But a lot of times you're gonna have you're gonna find growth in in thinking outside of yourself. So I I say, you know, one of I really recommend to all entrepreneurs to Find help and get other expert opinions because you 
you know, that's, that's do what you do best yes. and, and let somebody else come in and, help. and don't be afraid to pivot or change your strategy if necessary. Yeah. Don't be so laser focused on a one track, you know, road to success. It, it has many roads and you got to be willing to try some and back up and go down another one and stay on that one for a while and changing directions again. So it's, it's evolving. Right. And uh, we right. see that a lot here on business. Fail radio. often it's, and early. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and often, you know, you may fail your first two or three times, but don't let that discourage you or, um, you know, don't let that, mm-hmm. You know, hamper you from adopting another uh, strategy for right, marketing. So right. believe in your product and and make wonderful beer and let somebody else do the labels. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's right. You make the beer. Let somebody else do the marketing and get, bring it out there to get the masses start drinking that oatmeal right. stout because we know that's the most most popular beer here at Birmingham. <laughs> from what I hear. Um, okay, so uh, Brad Kackelhofer with the Modern Brand Company. Please tell our listeners how they can find out more information about you or your company. You can uh, find the Modern Brand at the Modern modernbrand.com on the internet and you can find us also on Facebook um, just search for the modern brand and um, I think I'm on LinkedIn I should know better but <laughs> okay right yeah and, and you probably would recommend that to some of your I clients I would recommend that so. to some clients yeah. it's really good if you're uh, if you're trying to get well believe it or not I am not on LinkedIn now, Stone's always getting on me he says you need to create a profile but I said I'm everywhere else you know, if I, I don't have to be on LinkedIn but it's right. probably something I should do because everybody <laughs> else is so um, it depends, you know, it's, 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 it can be your thing. Yes. To not be. That's right. <laughs> I kind of have that's, fun that's and rejoice in that. Yeah. That's uh, anti LinkedIn. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for visiting us with thank us you. here today on Birmingham Business Radio. If we can help you out here at Birmingham Business Radio or Business Radio X for you or your clients, please let us know. We'd love to Thanks. feature some success stories, perhaps, or have you come back on with Smoke Free Alabama and get their side of the story of that good one you just shared. Mm-hmm. That would be a, a wonderful, um, opportunity for all of us here on Birmingham Business Radio. So thank you to all of our guests here today. Thank you to Warren Averett for hosting us today. Thank you to Stone Payton and Lee Cantor for making all this happen. And on behalf of the entire Business Radio X Network, I'm Ryan Redhawk McPherson, and we will see you on the radio. 